0: afternoon, everyone. James Hicks here from Hicks New Media. Welcome to a, another episode of Perspectives in Focus. Today, uh, very exciting day, incredibly exciting day. Um, my guest today is an engaging and enthusiastic speaker. Her universal appeal makes her messages timely and, and timeless uh timely relevant news of the day right the 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 model for infotainment news so it's perfect to have this person on Uh, she has a knack for providing information in a humorous and fun way her belief is that laughter and learning are not mutually exclusive uh, with themes of self-responsibility looking at the bright side finding your passion, gratitude, and having a zest for living. Her talks and keynotes are in incredible high demand. She lives by the philosophy that every person deserves to be happy at home and at work. And that philosophy completely embodies everything that she does from being the president at Happy People Win to everything that she does in her personal life. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jean Steele. Jean, how you doing?
1: You didn't even say that we're friends is that not, not allowed.
0: Oh my goodness, we are we are very close friends, but you know I tried to be somewhat professional. I oh, told okay. you I cleaned up right. I, so I know. I, I had had to bring you on the right way with uh, with, with some some good information. Okay. I think I that I that I cover about at least fifty percent of it because you you are. Look, it's hard to write a, a good elevator pitch for Gene Steele, so that I had to do it. <laughs> it
1: that was lovely.
0: Thank you Thank very you. much. Hi. You doing good today?
1: Yeah. I was absolutely looking forward to this. It's fun to talk to a friend.
0: Awesome. Thank you.
1: Yeah, but I was and, a little and, nervous.
0: Don't be nervous. Look, so the idea today is what we were is going to be all about you. Again, like kind of like I was saying behind the curtain. I'm going to flip the lights on and let's just have a Gene Steele moment. It's every other conversation I've done, it's been easy to come up with a specific set of questions, a specific topic or whatever. but your world in your life has been such a culmination melting pot of all aspects, right? You, you've lived overseas, you've lived in Asia, you've lived in Africa. Talk, you know, we can talk a little bit about that and the fact that your motivational speeches, your keynotes that you give to businesses and individuals really help And I think are very relevant today because of the type of situations that we're in right there's a lot of negativity in the world and folks either aren't feeling positive about themselves about their work about their personal about their professional whatever the case may be so you find that ray of light that ray of sunshine and that that hope and and you give those to the individuals that you talk about talk to us a little bit about i guess let's start with how this whole six month period, however long it's been that we've kind of been shut down a little bit, how that's affected you one personally and if so, how professionally as well.
1: Hmm. Well, it's really weird because someone was telling me the other day that they said, you know, time's been going so fast. And I said, I don't even know what day it is. And they go, I know. And I said, no, I'm not talking about what day of the month. I'm saying I don't even know what day of the week it is. I mean, it's kind of been a blur. And it's funny because in the beginning when this started, so I had probably about a dozen keynotes for March and April and they moved them to November and December, which is funny now. But when you think about it in the beginning, we never thought we would be shut down at the end of this year.
2: Right.
1: And it's just gone on and on and we don't know how to handle this. My sister has some interns from Cal Poly. We live near San Luis Obispo, Cal Poly. And they're either late teens, early 20s. And they said to my sister, how did you handle this last time there was a pandemic? And Mary goes, yeah, I've never lived through a pandemic. (laughs) And they go, really? And she goes, no, no one knows how to handle this. And I'll tell you how I've been able to handle it better. I spent a month last year in Uganda, and Mm -hmm. I got very close to a lot of the people I met over there. And I get up in the morning from a comfortable bed. Mm -hmm. I go to my refrigerator where I have food, and I make my breakfast. And those few things right there remind me how fortunate I am. And I don't minimize anything anybody in the United States is going through, but we have so much to be grateful for because so many of my friends who I met over there have nothing and they're not working and they have dirt floors and they don't have electricity. They don't have running water. They have to walk for miles to fill up a plastic container for their water. And we're we're pretty lucky in the scheme of things. And I don't think a lot of Americans realize that. We don't realize that there's still people in the world who have literally nothing, and interestingly are full of joy.
0: That's amazing, right? Because you think about it, we live in, in a world or in a society of abundance, so we think you have to have that latest and greatest, whatever the case may be. But if you just have those core pieces of Faith, family, friends, you know, whatever really matters as opposed to something materialistic and things of that. You really can be happy. You you don't have to be rich in dollars to be uh, successful. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, And those trips that you take. So the one you took to you, that was actually that was for pleasure. Right. As as opposed to because you typically travel back and forth uh, across the globe. Really just to to get out, of, get out of town every now and then, right?
1: Well, I travel nationally for work all the time. And one right. of the things that I do is if I do a keynote, it's generally less than an hour. And so I made a deal with myself years ago that when I do that, i will spend at least three extra days to travel the area that i'm doing mm. so when i spoke in dc i stayed for a week even though i spoke for an hour because yeah. dc there's so much cool stuff That's to do. Yeah. and so every year i go to a foreign country to um do my passion which is animal conservation So I go over and learn about animal conservation and I come back and talk about it in my keynotes. And um, oftentimes raise money for the organization and educate people that we are losing our favorite species. I mean, our favorite animals, orangutans, are on the critically endangered list and they are 97% our DNA. And for example, Benson, who was our driver in, Uganda. I wrote him and I said, what are you doing since there isn't any tourism now? And he said, it's very difficult. I have two children and I'm not working. And I said, how much does it cost you per month for everything that you need to keep your family afloat? And it's less than a hundred dollars for everything. So in the course for per month. So in the course of this, I sent him $500 Mm. and he cried. And if I asked a friend in the United States and where I live, it would probably be five grand. And, yeah. um, yeah, I don't know if I told you this story about the toilets at the school. In oh my
0: gosh. I see. This is why I've got you on because we never know. I, I don't know where it's going to go. Now we're talking, we have, we have a we're, we're talking orangutans and now we're in the toilet. Oh my gosh.
1: So uh, we went to the school and, um, Of course, I fell in love with the students. There was about a thousand students in the school, 600 boys, 400 girls. One man is in their kitchen and all he did was start fires and cook these giant bowls of mush that the kids would get for lunch. So I said to the headmaster, if you had one wish, what would it be? And he said, toilets for the boys, what? <laughs> and he said we don't have toilets for the boys. So I said how much would that cost and he said something in the millions and I said oh please have that be Ugandan money. And he said yes in the United States it would be 22. So I said I'm going to go back to the United States I'm going to raise $22,000 for you. I'll do a GoFundMe and he goes for what and I go the toilets. He goes $2200. Oh my, go, god. oh my god! So <laughs> I got home and I wrote him a check for twenty. I didn't tell you this was such a cool story. So I wrote him a check for twenty five hundred dollars in case there was a problem. He sends me pictures. They are officially called jeans latrines.
0: <laughs>
1: well, I, I,
0: I I gotta go. I I can't take it. it, 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 it. <laughs> she's got she's got toilets in africa
1: Africa. i am kind of (laughs) there is in casisi uganda jeans latrines and we need a picture of this a big deal i do have a picture and again you can make such a difference and you know we all can (laughs) do something and um i like doing the things that i know make an immediate difference i mean i donate to a lot of things i donate to mercy ships and unicef and a lot of things that are the big organizations but i also like knowing where my money goes directly Uh and um i mean i'm friends for life with these people over there Uh and um it's it's Uh lovely
0: yeah let me ask so so where did that kind of mindset come from i mean was that something that was Ingrained with you at, at a young age of always conscious on the environment, conscious on humanity, conscious on, on other folks and things of like that, the caring nature. Is that something that you've, you, you grew into maybe through college or, or what? Where, when and where did that start with you?
1: you? Know, I think growing up in Africa really kind of taught me at a very young age there are have and have nots and both my parents instilled in me that we are very fortunate and we are here to help others and it's interesting because my parents did not are not religious we did not go to africa as missionaries we went as um a supposedly state department and we found Mm -hmm. out later Uh, my dad was CIA we didn't even know that when we were over there and I was seven I had a four three and one year old sister white blonde hair living in Los Angeles during racial riots in the early 60s my dad moves us over to Ethiopia and we had an amazing childhood my brother was born while we were over there and we really Enmeshed with the Ethiopians. When we left, my dad um, started their police force over there. And when we left, they were in lines on the tarmac at the airport saluting my dad and crying, saying, Our father's leaving us. Mm. And um, we did so much for the Ethiopians while we were there. And then we went to Asia and we were always giving back. And Mm that was kind of in our DNA. And it's interesting now, my siblings are all the same way. We all have jobs where we give back. And it isn't this whole, we don't take care of ourselves, we just give back. We have wonderful full lives, but we just realize that part of it is leaving the world a better place.
0: Well, and I think that that actually makes you more of a fulfilled citizen. And to actually be, yes, you've gotten yourself taken care of, right? you've taken care of what's immediate to you and then what's in that immediate sphere of influence, right? But then you can't, I don't want to say you can't take it all with you, but you've got to be able to share your knowledge, your learning, your abilities with others around you as well. You can't, I don't, I don't also think that you can be a fulfilled person without giving back to society and community. That, that, I mean, that, that's critical. That, that's part of being a, a happy, happy, fulfilled person. I was look, thinking about your website, right? Again, that, it's just, that's why you named it that probably, right? Happy People Win.
1: Yeah, it's a choice to be happy. And I think that, you know, a lot of people tell me, you're so fortunate you get to travel overseas. And I say, I am fortunate. And many people say, you're lucky you have the money. And I was talking to a friend about it, and I told him that I spent less than half of what he spent taking his family to Disneyland for
2: three days. I
1: spent less than half of that going to Uganda for a month. I spent less flying to Indonesia than I spent flying from here, San Luis Obispo, to Humboldt in the same state.
0: that's crazy.
1: Yeah, so we don't don't really think that through. It's way cheaper to travel overseas. I mean, I was getting massages when I was in um, Indonesia, $10 for an hour. I mean, the only reason I didn't get them three times a day is because that would be a little ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs)
0: We have some questions then, right? You know, why, why is Jean over here in the yeah. massage chair again? Okay. <laughs> um, and I, I guarantee you, I know, I believe she's watching right now. I'm, I'm sure my wife Jen would be right there with you, getting getting those massages, both of you, with a mai tai or a pina colada in hand, or whatever.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I said to my friends, "Do you think they will think it's creepy if I come back again?" And they said, "Do you care?" And I went, "No, I don't, actually." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's but I that. Um, And it's funny because I am so not a roughing it person. And I do end up absolutely roughing it on these trips. So it does take me a while to get back to normal. And I joke with my friends that if they did a show, Survivor Motel 6, I would not be able to do it and i have been in situations i told my sister i said i almost died in the um rainforest in indonesia she goes you asked to die that's a difference and i go well either way i almost died
0: (laughs) Whatever perspective it is i almost died so take take it take it for what it's worth it's my story against anyone else's anyone else exactly
2: that's
0: great now your your talks and and i guess if, if you can sum up if someone didn't know or only has only heard about you right in terms of what gene still provides to an organization to an individual to whatever how would you newly pitch happy people win to an organization right in, in, in terms of the value-add, what's in it for them that, that you would bring to them? Because, and I'm saying it now because I think all of this that we've talked about already kind of ties in, just mm-hmm. because knowing your personality, knowing your mentality. How would you position Happy People Win and Gene Steele to an organization?
1: Well, I think, let me step back for a second. And what happened was I was working in a hospital and i was hired to design a preventative medicine program and bottom line is they wanted to save money so they thought if we offered a preventative medicine program and talked to people about what immunization screening diet exercise all of those things that their members would be healthier they would save money it would be win win Mm -hmm. And I had a gentleman in the class who was what we termed a high-utilizer. He was coming six to eight times a month to see his primary docs and specialists. And he shared with me that when he turned 40, his health completely deteriorated. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: he was going to see so many physicians, and he had high blood pressure, and he had heart disease, and all of these different issues. And he attributed it to him turning 40. But when I talked to him more, it turned out that when he turned 40, his only child had broken her neck and she was paralyzed as a result from the waist down.
2: Okay.
1: And it was so interesting that he didn't think that something that happened to him ex- externally that caused him stress could have any impact on his physical health. And unfortunately, his doctors, who were overworked, didn't even ask him what was going on. You go in for a migraine headache, they treat that. They don't say what else is going on in your life.
2: Right, right.
1: So um, I found out what happened, and we referred him to um, get some help psychologically. And I became so fascinated by the mind-body connection. And I went back to school, and I have my master's in wellness and mind-body health and i've had so many aha moments with that working i'm um, teaching i taught at sac state i taught at cal poly here mm-hmm. and a lot of my students had zero stress and then there were finals and they would get sick i talked at a uh, spoke at a wedding planners conference and they said oh my goodness our wives wait, our wives our brides make up wake up the most important day of their life with a migraine or start getting the flu And so you really can see all around us that when there's external stressors, we tend to get sick. And so I started a business, recognizing that in the workplace when people get stressed and a lot of people have inherently stressful jobs. If you're in healthcare, if you're in law enforcement, you have inherently stressful jobs. And if you can do things to purposely make yourself feel happier or live a life of gratitude, um, find resilience skills, you will be happier in your life and less stressed at work. And so that's why I started the business. So I work with a wide variety of organizations and reminding people what they have to be grateful for. And I talk to nurses and I say, when someone comes up to you in the workplace, a family member and say, says thank you so much for helping my father through this, What they tend to do is, yeah, you're welcome and walk on to the next patient, but instead stop and listen to the appreciation and gratitude Mm. because that's why you're doing the job. And we tend to just go from patient to patient, from call to call and not stop and appreciate. I keep every note every college student has ever written me. And you know, one of the silver linings of this whole COVID thing is catching up with people that i'm grateful for in my life and um, i urge everybody to make a list and to find old friends on linkedin or facebook or what twitch whatever (laughs) is happening wherever the
0: kids are wherever they are. are
1: and to contact and just catch up with people because that's what life is about my friend is a chaplain at uc davis medical and said, No one on their deathbed ever says, Did you see the beamer in the parking lot? That's mine. Or uh, <laughs> MBA, Harvard, it's all about family and friends. And that to me is about having a grateful heart. And I think that's important. And that's kind of what my business is about. And I love getting the emails from people saying, you really made me think, or I love when I do a keynote and afterwards people come up to me and say, I texted my husband during your presentation just to tell him that I loved him. And I have another cute story. Right before I did a keynote, my sister texted me and she goes, just want you to know I love you to the moon and back. So I shared it with the audience. Yeah. So this woman came up to me afterwards and she goes, I love that you say, said that. And so while you were speaking, I texted my three sisters separately and shared with them, I want you to know I love you. Yeah. So she said, do you want to see the responses? I said, yes. So the first one said, I'm freaking out. Call me immediately. <laughs> said, Oh my God, are you okay? All three freaked out. She goes, well, I guess I need to tell them that more often. I go, apparently so and i say think about how people would react i end every interaction with people i love with i love you it isn't mm. just i love you and not thinking about it i think that's important and i always say i will not even have lunch with someone i don't enjoy life is too short
0: i like that i like that i, I- that I, I may actually write that down myself because I, that that's, that's 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 golden right there oh. and I was going to ask about when you're doing these keynotes to the, to an organization, and I was gonna ask something, you just hit on it. Do you have the individuals that come up? Because again, you're talking to the, the whole wide audience, but then do you have the individuals that come up and say, this really touched me in a specific way. This is helping me, but you've you actually kind of, kind of touched on, on that as well. And that, that's the powerful piece, right? You're, 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 you're talking at the, at the 50,000, foot level about strategies, but then there's something in your message that resonates with individuals. And anytime you're given a a show, a a conference or a keynote, and the folks that come up to you afterwards to want to shake your hand and say, yes, Dean, you know, those are the folks that you know you got, you you, know, you reached one, so you got them, right?
1: Oh, I had a man come up to me after I spoke and he was crying and he said, I don't want to say anything except Thank you. And he walked away. And it was like, oh, my heart. And you never know what people's response is. And I always think I was there for them today. And it's interesting. I had another guy, I was teaching a college class. And he said to me, this whole class has been very confusing for me. He said, this is the best class I've ever taken. And I'm really optimistic about my future. I have to tell you, my dad says you're full of shit. (laughs) He said, he's the president of a bank. And he said, no adult likes their job. And I said, that makes me sad because I had a role model growing up of a dad who loved his work. Yeah. And um, I said, I'm not bullshitting you. I love what I do. I love it. And don't you? I like to surround myself with people who love what they do. It is exhausting to me to be around people who count the days to the weekend or till yeah. their vacation. And yeah. I don't even want to be friends with those people.
0: Yeah. You know, why Why wait till Friday? Why not enjoy each moment, each day that yeah. you can. and you know, so so I, I completely I agree with you on that as well. I, you know, I I tell my wife, I tell Jen this I'll, a lot of times that I am satisfied, content. I'm very happy with what I do. Right? I, I could go out and and again shoot for the moon, shoot for the stars, and do a whole bunch of different things. I've got the skills, got the got the contacts or whatever. But the folks that I work with on a day to day basis, the things that I get to do. The work-life balance that I have, the freedom of, even though we're locked down right now, if I wasn't, I would be able to be home every single night, you know, cut the grass, help help with the kids and do, do all those things. Those things are more valuable than having whatever title, having whatever, yeah. you know, place in the who's who magazine or you know, those types of things. So I, I really resonate with, with, with that message, as you said just now there. Yeah, it's good stuff.
1: Yeah. I remember years ago, I was dating this guy who um, comes from a very wealthy family in Santa Barbara. And Mm. he um, graduated from Harvard and instantly made a lot of money. And um, I was working at a nonprofit in Santa Barbara. And one night he said to me, he goes, I find you so fascinating. You're very smart and um, you don't make any money. And I said, you know, I'm not even 30, and I'm the head of this amazing program for Santa Barbara County. And he goes, yeah, but you don't make any money. So I said in this poem about when you die, it's so cool to be remembered for, you know, making children laugh or making a public garden. And I never heard from him again, so I just assumed he lost my number. But, um, It is interesting how in the United States, we do tend to be impressed by things that do not impress me. Mm -hmm. I'm impressed by your heart and what you've done for people, not what kind of car you drive.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that, I love that. Now, so here's a challenge to you with that whole mentality and that mindset, because I I love that and I agree with that. How are you, Finding the strength to stay positive, stay focused on those goals and that mindset in today's challenging world, right? I mean, there, there's political, social, economic, financial, so so everything, right? I mean, if, if you look at the grand scheme of things, really, it's all not that bad. It's only this much that's bad, but this is what we focus on because this is what the news cycle focuses on. But how do you... How do you change that whole dynamic with folks? In your circle of folks, when you're talking to, how do you stay focused again, knowing that every all the major news networks are shooting you with just, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. Yeah, 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 there's some things that are happening that really need to be talked about and addressed, but how do you rise above that? How do you rise above that?
1: Well, a couple of things. Um, one is I don't have a television. And I grew up without one. And then after 9-11, I got rid of it because I was obsessed watching 24-7, the mm-hmm. planes crashing into the towers over and over. Mm-hmm. And there was absolutely no need for me to rehash the news over and over, and I was in a funk. Mm-hmm. And um, I donate a lot of money and then I also will get calls, and I'd say, instead of paying me, I'd like you to make a donation mm. to one of my charities, which is really also win-win for me.
0: Yeah, I love that. Then
1: another thing I did, and um, I started a new program called Happy People Power, and I interviewed... Uh, 18 of my friends who are total bad asses.
2: Yeah.
1: And to introduce them to the world. And it's a program that I just started and I needed to be reminded that there are people out there who are resilient and who are doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. So like my friend, Cameron, 15 years old, got stinking drunk, passed out on the railroad tracks, got run over by a train, lost both of his legs, and the wheels were so hot, it cauterized um, the cuts, flipped him over, cut off his arm right here, and survived. And he was one of the most joyful people I know, when he could be just like laying in bed, for the last 15 years being a total baby. He's going to Cal Poly, becoming a, um, probably will end up being kind of an occupational therapist, physical therapist. And these people who are just so resilient, I'm introducing them to the world. And I need to be around those people so I don't get pulled into reading the negativity because we have the fires we have ruth bader ginsburg who's one of my Mm -hmm. heroes passing away Mm -hmm. and so and also to stay off as much as i can social media um i also started this thing and i really think anybody can do this so i um was speaking at a conference in arizona and i met a guy there ken who works with um Children's Health Initiative. And he lives in Connecticut. I have another friend who lives in London who started a program. I want to introduce her to you, Leaders on Purpose. And she was working with Harvard and they created something called the Fourth Sector. And it's companies who are looking at sustainability and equality as part of their parameters on how to judge their business, not just Um, making money it's making the world a better place so she does that and then two friends who live in Spain and we have monthly calls on how to make the world a better place
0: I love that
1: I hang up after each call and cry it just makes me so (laughs) happy and so I think I need to do that I need to surround myself with people who are killing it yeah And who make me feel like, ah, and there are people out there and I'll tell you something I do and people think it's so weird and funny, but it works. So one of my friends, Janet writes for Huffington post and I love reading her stuff. Mm -hmm. So I wrote her an email and I said, my name is Jean Steele. You are my favorite writer at Huffington post. Please check the following will you be my best friend, box, yes, box, no. And I sent it to her and she wrote back and just checked yes. And people go, you're so weird. And I go, well, I want to know if she wanted to be my best friend. And so now we're friends and people go, well, what if they don't write back? Well, it's their loss.
0: There you- <laughs>
1: And um, I've only had one person write back and go, I'm really busy. Well, too bad.
0: Too bad. You're lost.
1: You're lost.
0: You you don't know what you're missing out on. You're missing out on this Gene Steele. What you're missing out on. So
1: there. But um, I just love meeting people, and I think everybody has a story. Everybody. Yeah. And you do too, huh?
0: I have a story, but I'm more focused on reaching out and pulling people in and letting them talk about themselves That's right like, i, I think
1: you agree that everybody has a story yes
0: i i do agree and i think everyone has a positive story that that irregardless of whatever situations they've been through in life there is a story that you can tell that eager can help you or help mm-hmm. someone around you that you tell it to right so that that i think is is something that has not happened enough especially again during these traumatic and, 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 and difficult times, folks aren't expressing themselves and communicating um, the good as well as the bad. Yeah, So. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I think that we need to listen. I think that as a culture, we have forgotten how to listen. And I think that we We need to listen if we're going to make any positive changes in this world. I also think, and this isn't a popular thought, but I see myself as a citizen of the world, Mm -hmm. Um, not just an American citizen. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's a dangerous place to be to only care about us. I think we need to care about humanity. I agree. And it scares me the more I read about what we spend money on that there's people who don't have enough to eat or don't have health care. Yeah. And we're spending money on crazy things.
0: Agreed. You know, it's perspective, right? And again, yeah. it's kind of bringing it back into kind of the the, the story of this series: perspectives and focus, which is why these, these longer, thought-provoking conversations. That keeping that in perspective, because again, we we've got so much abundance here, and and we really do, right? When when you've got all-you-can-eat restaurants, <laughs> when yeah. when you've got when you've got mall, thirty thousand square foot malls, and and you can go and buy anything under the sun you can have you can order something from amazon today and have it to your house that night right just that convenience that accessibility but then you start taking that for granted you you get a different view and a different perspective of just life in general when you travel and and i'm fortunate enough to you know come from a military family to where look i've I've had more stamps in my passport before i was a teenager than, than than many other folks so i've been able to see Germany, Japan, Italy, uh, these other places across the globe, right, and come back home and appreciate there and here, right, and, yeah. and, kind of have, and, and have the ability to engage with different personalities, have the ability to have conversations with different types of folks who agree and or disagree with me, because that's, that's critical as well, right, because you don't want to surround yourself with folks that are just Yes sir, yes ma'am, You know, yes folks in your, in your corner agree. all the time. right? You kind of want to have that, that, that challenge as well. Folks that disagree with you, I think make you stronger and make you more healthy in, in my opinion.
1: I agree. And I think that meeting as many people from all over as possible is so important. So I became friends with a young man who is a um, keeper in um, a conservation center in Kampala in Uganda and so i went to the santa barbara zoo and i said i want to bring him here can we do a trade and have one of your keepers go to kampala and they said no we can't do that um risk management wise but we will help you bring him over here and unfortunately Hmm. we were going to do it in the fall and um so i talked to all these people we got a place for him to live And he hasn't seen the ocean. He hasn't been on a plane. It's going to be total overload. I mean, he makes three dollars U.S. a day. He's going to freak going out and buying a loaf of bread that costs (laughs) in a day. And so I think that i don't know i there's so much i want to do there's so many people i want to introduce to each other and i will tell you i am not one of those old people that are talking about those damn youngsters thank (laughs) god for the (laughs) generation b they are gonna they we need that more young people in politics they are going to be the best thing that happens and i will tell you too one of the reasons I love the younger generation so much is because of your kids. Your kids are phenomenal. (laughs) And thank God for the younger generation. And little things like them not gonna stay at their same job for 50 years. You know, the gold watches will be gone. Yeah. Their, um, their interest in so many fields, the ability for them to go online and learn about things and not being so dogmatic and just so many exciting things. And yeah. um, I'm not going to be around to see Jordan become president, but I know it will happen.
0: We, we, were, we were talking about her filling one of those nine spots, though. You know, she's because she's going into that field, so to speak. Um, Political science, uh, definitely writing uh, wrongs and, and, and legal th- those types of things. So I know she's not going to the school you want her to go to, but we'll, I, I didn't want to wear any UCLA swag right now. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I love
1: UCLA, but I just wanted her to be here because I um, could be her Central Coast mom.
0: That's true. That that is true. But she's not too far, right? You know. No, she's,
1: she's- not too far. I could still go down.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, but I, I agree. I mean, she's focused and she's aware of what's going on. And, and I think that whole generation, because all, all of the folks that she's tight with that are in her age group that she graduated with as well, are very cognizant of what's going on socially, politically, economic, all of that across the board, right? And they're now at this point making their own voice heard. Right. They, they've, they've gotten to a point They've graduated high school or, or some of them are still getting in high school and they're having a voice it, it, any kind of way. They're, they're talking amongst themselves. They're, they're sharing something online, but they're they're expressing themselves. And for the most part, it's positive. Right. There, there are a couple of folks that, you know, you still got to kind of mole or you got you got to put them on the right path. You know, they're, they're going down a rabbit hole. But for the m- most part. That generation really is aware of right and wrong, and is looking for solutions. They're mobilizing, right? If if, if there's any one word is grassroots, that you could think about it as well, right? They are really trying to find a way that you know what some of these things are not right. We have to correct them. Some of these things are good. Let's keep them, and and they're being very very active in their in their activism. So I'm I'm, I'm especially proud to see that happening for the most part across the board. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's a crazy time. Um, as you said, there's so much happening right now. Mm-hmm. And where we can't go out, but we need to go out with, um, I, I don't know, I, I do have to say that it can be overwhelming for me mm-hmm. with um, so much going on and I feel hopeless in a lot of it. Um, I started volunteering in January for a group called restorative partners here. And I'm going to be a mentor to someone newly out of prison. And that's what the training I'm going through. So I'm learning about the history of incarceration in our country, which is giving me a lot to be pissed off about so yeah. this is not um mentally healthy for me to be going through but i am learning a lot and um so i, I didn't have any idea which when i learn something new like that it shocks me that i was so naive about so much mm-hmm. and we sometimes think can I learn any more? I don't know if I can handle any more of this negativity. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that I do need to know. And it will help me at least help one person through this process of acclimating back into the world after being in prison. And um, so it's been very interesting learning about that. And um, it's also hard to go through a training online because I like the in-person stuff. It's been fascinating that I've been comfortable doing keynotes online (laughs) because I am such a hugger. And and I feed from the energy in the room. So it's kind of shocking that I can do it online. But I'll probably continue to do some online because it's certainly cheaper to do it like this instead of flying out to nebraska for a 50-minute keynote
0: there you go they don't have to pay for your airfare right and everything oh, they can add that more into your your uh into your rate as opposed to <laughs> paying paying for that delta flight i
1: know maybe <laughs> i didn't even know they had airports in nebraska just oh kidding. my god
0: oh my poor, all the corn huskers are fans are going to be mad at us now she's drinking wine and you know it's three i'm, I'm drinking the coffee so what's the Cornhusker? Oh my! Look <laughs> again. She doesn't have a television. Ladies, she's not not a, sport, not a sports fan. Not a sports. And fan.
1: this is diet. It is Coke Zero.
0: Uh, very nice cup you got there. Okay, a little, little, little no, incognito. I, yeah.
1: Well, I um after Boone's Farm Strawberry Hill in high school. Wow. I cannot
0: <laughs> do wine. Oh. She said Boone's Farm from Str. Oh my God
1: i know you're too young to probably even know about that
0: no i i know about some boone's farm and uh, and you know, pbr and all, all those back in the day but oh, you know, yeah. those, those those are bad memories I, I i don't want to memorize memorize some of those that yeah
1: they still have boone's farm i just did a training for a company and they sent me a case of it
0: boone's farm costs 50 cents per bottle <laughs> or no, it's, it's, it's about a dollar way-
1: it's high end now. It's 2 It's not cheap anymore. It's super
0: expensive. <laughs> $2. <laughs> just go all out. You know, I'm not, not gonna pay you in cash, but Gene, what we're gonna do, is send you a case of Strawberry Boons Farm.
1: Oh, but guess what else? You can now throw up in blue and yellow. It comes in three flavors to throw up in. It costs them more to ship it to me than it costs for them to buy the wine.
0: There you go. I hmm.
1: know, and it's still screw top though. <laughs> so, yeah, but so you can still drink
0: it in the middle of Yeah, easy, easy access, right with this yeah, with the screw top. You got it. I got it. I yeah. love. It. Uh, let Everything me ask was- you. Let me ask you a question about. um your, your travels again as well. I, I, keep, I keep wanting to go, go back to that because I think that is shaped so much about who you are. Um, now, how much time you, you grew up in, in Asia, you grew up in Africa, have, have you lived outside of there? Have you lived anywhere else besides San Luis Obispo where, where you are now? Or um, were, were those kind of the main two main three locations that you've spent most time? Uh,
1: no, I lived in Florida, in Virginia, in Montana, a little while in North Carolina. Okay. And that's it.
0: Okay. And, well, curious, where in Virginia?
1: In Vienna, right outside of DC. Because okay. when we came back to the States, my dad worked in DC.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, because uh, we were stationed at Langley in Virginia, so we were in Hampton. Uh, and the whole Newport News area. And all of my extended family is over in Maryland and D.C., um, Fredericksburg and Richmond, Virginia, that kind of area.
1: Oh, really? I worked at Price's Corner when I came back to the States. So this is interesting. So I came back to the States. I ended up going to five high schools. So I came back and I went to... um, I, I needed one class to graduate and American history, because obviously that wasn't offered in the schools overseas. And I had mm-hmm. gone to um, uh, Ty, um, Taipei American School was my last school overseas.
0: Okay.
1: So I found out I needed one class to graduate and the first class of the day was American history. So I knew I could take that. So I went to Tyson's Corner, Farrell's Ice Cream Baller and i applied for a job and i said i need i'm gonna take american history right after that i can drive over here and work for the day okay so i got the job so i go to school the d- data register yeah. and they said the class is full and i said i'm a senior don't i get special privilege and they go cheerleaders get special privilege <laughs> I mean, Oh Uh-oh. no, no.
0: oh <laughs> so
1: um i I said, then I'm dropping out of school. And they go, have your parents come in. So I called my mom and she came in. She goes, that is ridiculous. I said, I know. So we met with the principal and he said, yeah, tell your daughter she can't drop out. And my mom said, she's gonna drop out. That is ridiculous. Why do cheerleaders get preference? Well, he wasn't expecting that. So she um, backed me up and we go out to the car and we're looking at each other going, what are you gonna do and I went I don't know what are we gonna do so he said well you can go to night school so we went over to the night school and it was really sketchy so we were a little scared and so we went to the uh, school that was in Falls Church and we said, I know you don't allow like out of district, but this is the situation. And they said, okay. Well, I didn't know anybody in that school. And yeah. so I went there for a semester. And then I said to my parents, you know, if I graduate from school in California, um, then they'll, I can be a resident and I can go to school free. So in my senior year, My parents let me move by myself and I rented a room by myself in California when I was 17 and I graduated um, from a California school. And (laughs) when I went out to the school to register, they said, who's your guardian? And I go, I don't have a guardian. (laughs) So they called my mom and she goes, ooh, does she have to have one? We didn't think about that and they go well she's supposed to and i didn't have one so isn't that crazy so like, uh,
0: little little details that were slightly overlooked but
1: uh, we didn't plan it out my parents they were pretty crazy too so i graduated
0: by myself that is insane that, yeah I see but that's a story that not everyone can tell That's a, and that's a great story too that you know you've been there and, and kind of gone through that um, shipped you all the way from the East coast to the West coast to go to school. Uh, you had one class to take and you yeah. went to class, which is, which is, it was a thing too. I mean, most kids probably, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gone to class. I don't know. i probably, well,
1: I went to watch TV shows, films, um, almost every day. You know? <laughs> it was super fun. Yeah. I forgot about that. It was pretty exciting.
0: You, your 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 life is just. I know you've written a book. You got to write another book.
1: You know, my only life regret is that I didn't keep a journal. Yeah. Because we did have some pretty amazing experiences, and my dad didn't always think things through, and we did have some pretty crazy things that happened to us. Wow. And um, my mom actually was more kind of the pants in the family. In that, my dad would just suggest these crazy things, and um, and we'd do them. And then my mom would think later when we first moved to Ethiopia. So here I am, seven, five, four, and one kids, white blonde hair, early sixties, Ethiopia we get in my dad's jeep and we just drive and we are in the middle of nowhere there's no roads get a flat tire yeah but my dad changes it we continue driving i mean there are no roads a native throws a spear at the tire no gas stations so my dad takes the tire off and just hikes looking for something. So we're alone in the car for like three hours and we're singing Girl Scout songs. And there's a big circle of Ethiopians around us just staring at us. And later as adults, we said, mom, you are so calm. She goes, I wanted to kill your father, but I couldn't let you guys realize that. So my dad finally came back and there was just I mean, they were looking at us like we were in a zoo and no one came toward the car. They were just watching us. And um, I know.
0: (laughs) See, you realize that could go in a whole bunch of different directions, right? You're 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 driving in Ethiopia, you flat tire. Someone throws a spear at the tire. Wait, wait a minute. What? i, I mean, know that so you know we, we could talk about that for, for for an hour and then you're being <laughs> you're being circled by by the natives as they're like, they're like what is this what is family doing here they look a little bit out of place yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know uh,
1: and my sisters both got hepatitis because they were little oh. and they drank water out of the faucet outside oh. and then my dad got malaria and um, my mom got calcified pork worms and she was told not to eat the meat, but she did. And she was and written in anyway. the American Journal of Medicine.
0: Because and it got it, so bad, is that right?
1: Because well, they weren't, they didn't know that you could get calcified pork worms and they'd stay in her arm.
0: <laughs> what, what is going I on?
1: <laughs> I know.
0: But you All know, right.
1: what? again, we, the Ethiopians to me are the most beautiful people on earth. They were so lovely to us, and my dad really left a part of his heart when mm-hmm. we left there. And um, again, so kind, and I felt so safe over there, and um, really it was a wonderful place to grow up. And I met Hyla Selassie.
0: Really? While you were there?
1: For yeah, twice I learned how to curtsy, which is always a good skill to have in your back pocket just in case. There you go, Boom. there you go,
0: there I you know. go. <laughs> little, little etiquette right there, too. You know,
1: <laughs> I know you never know when you're gonna have to bow.
0: Drinking Boone's Farm, and you got a curtsy, you know, no, 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 that's, I know. A, that's a I've good way to the say whole hello.
1: Covered.
0: <laughs> Gee, I, I don't know, I don't know where else to go because I, I'm, uh, I told you again, planning this, I didn't. Have any ideas in terms of where we would go? But lo and behold, we've talked for 58 minutes right now, and I'm overwhelmed in a great way. You, as always, have have just provided insight. You have provided humor. I mean, you're one of the funniest persons on the planet. I, I will tell you that for sure. And you got to write that book again. Um, tell us real quickly what's what's next for you. What's next for for Gene, what's next for the organization, Happy People Win, and maybe the, the other portion of that, Happy People Power, or, what you know, what's next with you coming for the, for the rest of this year, maybe?
1: You know, I'm kind of going to be status quo, I think, for the rest of the year. Um, and then next year, I'd like to get back. Um, I'd like to do two trips next year. I'd like to go back to Bangkok where I was in junior high and um, visit some of the elephant reserves. And I'd like to go back to Ethiopia and Kenya and um, visit some friends and just catch up. I'm really fortunate and you've met my mom. She's gonna be 89 this year and I'm so lucky. She is my best friend. She lives next door and um, I don't know. Other than that, um, just continue what I'm doing. I, I really love my life and mm-hmm. I live my bucket list. I don't want to be those a person who says when I retire, then the fun starts. I don't want to be that. Yeah. person. I want to every single day of my life I want to run wild which is my book and I want to visit my friends and I want to do the things that I love to do Amazing. I don't want to have any regrets
0: living every day to the fullest yeah and you 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 are that is if you look that up in the dictionary that that is definitely you for sure Jean thank you very much for your time thank you for your your story but more importantly, thank you for your friendship. You are an amazing person. You've been an inspiration to my kids, my wife, uh, myself as well. And I know everyone who you, you touch and you have an engagements with in, in, your, in your conversations, your keynotes, your conferences, just walking down the street, they gotta walk away with a smile. So for, for that, I say thank you very much.
1: You are so welcome. Thank you for inviting me
0: anytime anytime be well my friend i will talk to you soon we will be down there hanging out on the beach uh wow, I remember I, I got i, I got to stay away from the cat though but i will i, I will be there and we'll, we'll hang out again soon
1: my guest yeah. room is animal free done yeah i'm yeah. coming
0: because you almost killed me last time but i'll be, I'll be i
1: there. know i know yeah. that's not we could, good we can talk I about that you. Too. You.
0: be good bye, bye.